clock strikes. Here, it's always Halloween. And I'm always your haunted host, Luce Tomlin Brenner. Welcome to Small Frights Friday! On these very special episodes, I like to curate a selection of calls from our All Hollows hotline and letters from our eek mailbag. If you have a Halloween memory, recommendation, or query that you'd like to share, give us a call at 802-532-DEAD. Or write us at email at it's always Halloween podcast at gmail.com. I've been hearing from a lot of new lanterns who discovered us at Midsummer Scream. So welcome to our big front porch. I'm excited to glow into the night with you all. And if you are new to the podcast, I encourage you to start listening from the beginning because the episodes build on each other and we learn a bunch of cool stuff together and that informs how we move forward, especially with the history episodes. So, hey, listen to this episode. If you're digging it, start back at the beginning and uh, then catch up and then call in because we want to hear from you. This show and every episode of It's Always Halloween is made possible by the frighteningly wonderful Patreon Ghoul Gang, whose subscriptions fully produce It's Always Halloween and keep us independent, ad-free, and sustainable. Welcome to our newest members, Eric, Cheryl, and Brenton. And Brenton hopefully signed up for an annual membership, which guarantees them a whole year of support and Halloween goodies. Remember, when you sign up annually, you get two months for free. If you love It's Always Halloween and you'd like to help us produce the podcast and get an extra heaping of Halloween thrills and chills each month, please go to patreon.com slash it's always Halloween or click the link in our show notes. There's a creepy new story up called Demon Fighter Sucks by queer author Catherine Crichton, read by me with original sound design by Pete up on the Patreon now. And our next movie party event is Saturday, August 27th, starting at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we are wrapping up our summerween screenings. <laughs> summerween screenings, difficult phrase to say. We're wrapping up with the 2019 alligator creature feature crawl. You get movie party benefits at our $10 a month and our $16 a month levels. We also have our book club meeting coming up on Tuesday, August 30th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we'll be discussing the short story collection Ghost Summer by Tanana Reef Dew. You don't have to read every single story in the collection. Heck, you don't even have to read the book at all. You can still come pop in. Enjoy the company of your fellow ghouls. We always get into some fun storytelling and some personal anecdotes around the story and how it reminds us of Halloween. So you are definitely welcome regardless of how much of the book that you've read. And the book club is open to all ghoul gang members at the $6 and up tiers. And in September, we are celebrating the birth of the master of horror, one of my all-time favorite authors, Stephen King. Stephen King and R.L. Stein together, like, transformed me and turned me into the wild woman I am today. So 
I'm excited to honor his work. We're going to be watching a few of his classics, and we're going to be reading Carrie, his very first book, a book that he threw in the trash because he didn't think was very good, and his wife, Tabitha, retrieved it and was like, no, this rules. Here are some of my notes, and uh, helped him make the book. So we owe a debt to Tabitha King as well. So stay tuned for more. We've got a spooky September coming up, and October is just going to go off. I'm going to do more than we've ever done on the Patreon before, so now is the time, especially if you are still feeling like you don't want to get out and do a lot of stuff because the pandemic is still going on. You can hop on virtually and hang out with all your Halloween friends on the Discord, on our Zoom book club meetings, on our movie party nights. There's a lot of ways to interact and have fun still. All right. You can get all of this and more at patreon.com slash it's always Halloween or click the link in our show notes. Our show notes always have links to topics that we discuss on every episode and also has our Patreon, our Instagram, our Redbubble, the form for the local Lantern Society. You should sign up for that if you want to meet lanterns in your area and all kinds of other little goodies. So when you're uh, done listening to the episode, make sure you check on the notes, see what's written in there. Money's tight right now, so if you are not able to sign up for Patreon, no worries. You can do something free and easy for us if you love the podcast by leaving us a little review and telling possible future lanterns out there what you like so much about the podcast. Um, We actually got a bad review this week, and I don't normally talk about this on the podcast, and I've actually been trying for a long time to not discuss this, just because I don't want to give too much attention to the minority of people who have been saying this to me. Although I've been getting messages like this lately, it's been ramping up, and I'm at the point where I need to say something about this because it affects my lives and the lives of the people that I love. So this is just going to be a little serious couple of minutes here. If you're not in the mood for that, (laughs) I understand. I don't really want to have to say this myself. So skip ahead if you need to, to minute 15. I will be there momentarily. So um, a really popular one-star review that we get is uh, that the podcast is too woke. It's too political. Um, Every one-star review calls it political. The most recent one uh, from last week says that I let politics get in the way of what could be a cool podcast. And I just need to say this. I have never once uh, discussed politics on the podcast. I don't talk about voting or who you should vote for or talk about uh, bills or people running in different houses. (laughs) Like, I don't discuss politics on this podcast at all. What I do discuss is history because this is a history podcast and I use uh, original sources, primary sources that I get from JSTOR, that I get from qualified journalists on the internet, that I get from books. And, and I'm interested in the ways in which Halloween has been almost destroyed several times in our history due to religious extremism, uh, ethnocentrism, classism, and racism. And those are historical facts written by historians. And there are different ways to interpret history. And I welcome other people to interpret it differently. I'm trying to give people a different look at things from what the Romans have written in history books. And I want to challenge people to look at things from the perspective of more marginalized people, because Halloween was literally created 
by marginalized people. The Celts were destroyed by the Romans. Historical fact, that's why the only little bit of Celtic history remains in Ireland, even though they lived across all of Europe. Okay, and that was religious persecution. That is what it is. That is not that has nothing to do with politics. Religious persecution is a thing that has been going on since the beginning of time. And if that makes you uncomfortable, good, it sucks. That's like a bad thing. I don't want that. You shouldn't want that regardless of who you vote for. You shouldn't want religious persecution. It's not good for anybody. Lastly, I'm queer. Pete, my co-producer, is queer. Grim Turn Nathan is queer. All of my friends, the people that I love, that I care about, are queer and trans. They're women. They're people of color. They're the people who are the most marginalized in society. The people that I love are in danger right now, specifically because of politics. Specifically, the reason that I don't like getting involved in politics and why I don't actually like the system that we're living under, if people are interested in how I actually feel, uh, because our lives are currently in danger. That is also a fact. I don't talk about that on this podcast because that's not the point of this podcast. But do I look for stories about marginalized people? Do I look for to study things on our Patreon, to highlight things on our Patreon, to highlight articles on this podcast written by more marginalized voices. Of course I do, because that's me. I want to boost people who are underdogs, who don't get attention in the mainstream. And if you're looking to listen to a Halloween podcast, regardless of what your political beliefs are, it's because you think of yourself as an outsider too, because I have been going to these conventions and parades and Halloween events my whole life, and I'm from a politically diverse place, and I know that there are people who think differently about the world than I do and still think of themselves as weirdos and outsiders, so you should be able to relate to that feeling regardless. I'm not interested in telling you, listener, how to vote. I'm not interested in hearing what your personal politics are. This podcast is for everybody. That being said, if you're someone who wants to use politics to restrict my rights, my health, my livelihood, and that of my friends and family, people that I care about the most, then you're the one with a politics issue, not me. You don't get to consume my work and say that I'm too much and that I am somehow ruining Halloween. You are consuming something I made for you for free. You want me to entertain you, but you don't want to think even for a second about our lives, the people who are behind this podcast. That's your problem, not mine. I don't owe you smallness. I don't owe you silence. I'm not constricting any part of myself to make racists, sexists, homophobic, bigots comfortable. And bigotry is not political, it's eternal. And the only way to fight it is through education, having an open mind, broadening our perspectives, listening to each other, creating community. Those things are the antithesis of politics to me. The people who get it, get it. And that's really what matters to me. But I am sick of ignoring these comments from people who do have an agenda telling me that I have an agenda when I'm literally just trying to survive and boost the talent and voices and stories of people who have also just been trying to survive through the lens of Halloween, a holiday that has survived despite everything.
If you are too wrapped up in politics that you can't try to just let go of your own agenda to learn something, I literally just prize education. And I just want to talk about how we can all learn something together. If you have something to teach me, call in, write in. People send me things all the time. I say things that are incorrect sometimes and I get corrected. And that's the kind of world that I want to live in where we can all be like, oh, huh, I didn't think about it that way. Let me change my, let me change the way I was saying that. Or, oh, wow, see, I thought of it this way, but you're saying something that's interesting. Let's talk it through. I actually believe that we could do that. But we can't if the second that anyone starts talking about their lives or starts talking about uh, historical stories that are less told because they're not the winners, and if those people would just keep getting shut down by, by, by trying to minimize it and calling it politics, this podcast is better than politics. Politics sucks. I don't like politics either. I think that's what's driving me the most insane. And yes, the people who get it, get it. But I don't want this to just be a podcast for the same insular community, even a community of people that I care about. This podcast is for everybody. My true political belief, which is not political, the thing that drives me every day is that I believe in the liberation for all people, for all people. If you and I vote differently, I still believe that you deserve to be liberated. When I fight for the things that I care about, it's for everyone, regardless of what you think of me. I know I keep saying this, but it's important to me. This podcast is for everyone. All that I ask is that you keep an open mind and don't let your own politics stop you from learning something new, something different, something that's not the common story that's told over and over and over again. If you don't like the podcast because you don't like my voice or you don't like the editing or you don't think it's interesting, that's a whole other thing. Feel free to not like it. But don't, I am sick of these emails about politics. Never once do I talk about politics. It's none of my business what you guys are doing as far as your votes. I have personal opinions, and you can message me if you want to talk about them, but I'm never going to talk about this on this podcast. This is about history. This is about traditions. This is about um, caring for marginalized people because Halloween is a marginalized holiday. And that's not my opinion. That's historical fact, baby. All right. Well, we slayed some demons. If you listened to all of that, thank you. You maybe didn't need to hear it, but I had to say it. Now let's take a collective deep breath. <gasps> and dive headfirst into the eek mailbag. This first one has the subject line, first spook house I went to with my boyfriend. In 2021, I went to a haunted castle that is close to where my boyfriend and I live. At the time, we were both 17. He also has a 14-year-old sister and an 11-year-old brother. My boyfriend worked in a spook trail once, but neither of us had ever really been to a classic haunted house. We walked into these trails and houses not knowing what was going to go down. The first one was called Domus Horrificus, and it wasn't too bad but my boyfriend had a nun trailing him asking for his soul the whole time. <laughs> After exiting that house, we entered the line for the Trail of Blood. 
At the front of the line, a blackout bus pulled up to snatch us and drop us off at the trail. Once inside, we didn't get far before a man dressed in head-to-toe black started yelling at us to get off the bus, and he came at us with a cattle prod. My boyfriend's little brother immediately shoots up and tries to get off the bus, but he couldn't get around the guy who finally ended up chasing us off. That was only the beginning. Once we finally got on the trail, we were chased again, this time by people with chainsaws. My boyfriend's sister was just trying to hurry out, but his brother started crying and yelling at the monsters, saying things like, no, I don't want to play with you, or nobody loves you. (laughs) Personally, I had a great time. I loved it, especially since my boyfriend was there to protect me. (laughs) It was a really great first time experience. Julianne. Julianne, thank you so much for taking us through your first haunted house. That sounds super fun. And I had to Google what the the houses that you were talking about because they sounded so specific and interesting. And if anybody else is interested, it's called the Halloween Festival at the Castle in Oklahoma. So if we have any other Oklahoma lanterns out there, I'm so happy to hear from you. I think you might be the first Oklahoma lantern that I've talked to, so this is really exciting. Uh, But they do have a ton of haunted houses and you can pay for them individually or you can buy like a pass to go to all of them. But uh, the one that I liked uh, the description to is Casa Mort. This is a haunt made to chill you to the bones. No cheap thrills. It's a dark and sometimes a little too quiet. (laughs) And Damis Horrificus is described as villains of the horror genre. The creatures in this haunt are back with one goal, to find you. (laughs) Lots of really fun little descriptions like that. I will put the website in the show notes so any lanterns in that area can go check it out. I'm glad you had such a great first time haunt experience, Julianne. I hope that your boyfriend's siblings have recovered. The poor little brother crying and screaming, nobody loves you. Uh, Kind of my favorite burn for some monster chasing you. It's probably true. What? Who hurt the monsters? You know, maybe they don't really want to hurt us. Maybe they just have had a hard time. (laughs) Absolutely delightful. Thanks so much for this great letter. And I look forward to hearing from you again soon. Now, let's take a chilling call from the All Hallows Hotline. Hi, Lise. This is Derek. I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, and I really love it. My wife and I have always been into Halloween. In fact, me, my wife, and our daughter are all born in October, and we even named our daughter Autumn. I wanted to tell you about a Halloween tradition that we started doing a couple years ago. Every October, there's this giant farm in Buffalo, West Virginia, that puts on a fall festival each weekend of the month. It's perfect to take our six-year-old daughter to because there's so much stuff to do for kids. There's a giant like playground slash maze that's made out of hay bales. They've got one of those huge corn pits where kids can play in corn kernels. And they even have these apple cannons where you could load an apple into this mini cannon and you can aim it out into this very large field and try to hit 
various targets, and the apples, they shoot out at an extremely high velocity. But on our way to this festival, we always stop in Ripley, West Virginia, at this horror-themed ice cream shop called Ice Cream Sunday. This place is absolutely amazing. They have all these ice cream creations, and each one is detailedly themed after a horror movie. So, for instance, the killer clowns from outer space comes with cotton candy, ice cream, sour strips, gumballs, and popcorn around the base of the glass. Uh, the Ghostbuster, it comes with key lime ice cream, ghost marshmallows, and slime. Uh, the Stranger Things comes with a waffle. The E.T. phone home has Reese Pieces. You, know, you get the idea. So you can go to their Facebook page for a full list of all their creations and like the all the ingredients for how they make it. Uh, I'd like to know which one you would pick. So the whole shop is fully decorated with like Halloween animatronics, inside and out, and they even have live music every now and then. Uh, they're open all year round, so you don't have to wait until the Halloween season. So I highly recommend anyone, if you're around Ripley, West Virginia, check out I Scream Sunday. So this trip takes about two hours to get to this farm. We live in Parkersburg, West Virginia, which is right on the West Virginia-Ohio border. Each year I come up with a Halloween playlist for the car ride. And I have fun sorting out uh, which songs I want to play and in what order. So I may play something like Pet Cemetery" by the Ramones, then followed by the Monster Mash, and then followed by like the main score from Suspiria. Just, you know, really try to mix it up. Um, if your podcast had a theme song, and I know it does, but if it had another theme song, it would be Keeping Halloween Alive by Alice Cooper. The song is literally about celebrating Halloween all year. And like you say, here, it's always Halloween. Oh, Eric, there's so many things I love about this call. First of all, the fact that your whole family was born in October. Oh my gosh, that is so perfect. And okay, this might be TMI, but... I cannot help but wonder if you and your wife planned that October birthday for your daughter. <laughs> you don't have to tell me, but I am curious. Uh, there's actually another Lantern Ghoul Gang member named Cass who has a daughter named Autumn also. I wonder how many out there have little beautiful Autumns of your own. I think it's such a cute little thing that many of you share in common. And I was not familiar with corn pits or apple cannons. Both of those things sound incredible. I would definitely be fighting the kids to swim through the corn. Has anyone out there swum in corn before? Swam in corn? Y'all get into corn? I uh, haven't, so <laughs> I'm really curious about the sensation of the kernels, like if it feels soft or hard or scratchy or scary or, I don't know, it, it's just um, fascinating to think about sinking into corn kernels. You know, it makes me think about the uh, climax of A Quiet Place. No spoilers, of course, although that movie's been out for a while, my friends. Uh, 
But there is sinking into corn in that movie, and it was a pretty scary scene. And now I'm thinking about how it might be kind of scary to get into corn. Anyways, I'd love to hear all your corn stories out there. Oh, and my goodness, these ice cream creations sound thrilling. I want them all. And I'm so happy to hear that they're open year-round. Like, what a great summerween activity. I know, you know, there's places, you know, we have haunted houses and Halloween stores here. We have so much access to cool stuff all year-round in Los Angeles. And I know in smaller communities, it's not necessarily as common or as easy to access creepy things year-round. So it just, like, totally fills my heart with glee when I hear about these businesses that are spreading the Halloween cheer year-round. And I'm definitely going to put the pictures up of this menu of ice cream sundae, which so cute, uh, because they have dozens of sundaes. Like most ice cream places have like five or six. This is two pages. There's so many that picking my favorite feels like an impossible task. But I do really love the Goosebumps sundae, of course. The Goosebumps Sunday has peanut butter and jelly scream, which is what they call ice cream, which I'm dying to know what peanut butter and jelly ice cream tastes like, animal crackers, and Halloween sticks. I don't know if I know what Halloween sticks are, but I am incredibly intrigued. Okay, and then my two runner-ups, because I, uh, I can't choose, listen to these though, lanterns, you are going to be freaking out. Okay, they have a, they have a Sunday called Krusty the Clown. That's birthday cake scream, cotton candy, big pink frosted donuts, and blue icing. Oh my God. And then the Night of the Living Dead, a classic, Oreo scream, chocolate donuts, fudge icing, dirt and worms. Oh, that sounds so good. Gosh, donuts and ice cream are such a beautiful treat. There's a cute little cafe here in Los Angeles called Cremo, which is a name that I find very funny, that does ice cream donut sundaes. It's not scary themed, but it is punk themed. And all the ice cream and donut flavors are um, puns after punk bands. So it does appeal to that other part of me, my more musically inclined self. But I love that These are all horror themed and that there's a variety. There's stuff for kids, there's classics, there's new stuff. So it seems like it could really appeal to anybody, regardless of if you like movies a little little softer, a little spookier, or if you like movies that are a little more hardcore and violent. Very cool. I can't wait to go to West Virginia and go to this place. Okay, finally, this Alice Cooper song is amazing. I really like Alice Cooper. I have a soft spot in my heart for him for the silliest reason. Maybe some of you can relate. I grew up watching Wayne's World. It's one of my favorite movies. I love them both, but the first one I've watched way more. And so I I learned about Alice Cooper as a child from watching Wayne's World. So I've always appreciated his music, but I've never fully dove in and listened to like all of his songs. So this song actually is new to me, Keeping Halloween Alive. What a cool banger. This is definitely our low-key theme song, although Pete and I cannot afford the rights to it, so you only get 10 seconds because that's what copyright allows. <laughs> I'll keep my jack-o'-lantern light on for everyone tonight. 
absolutely a new favorite song. I will link it in the show notes so that you guys can listen to it too. I love that you put a new Halloween list together every year. That's so fun. Um, I am going to share this podcast that I was on with a good comedian friend of mine. Her podcast is called This Is The Mix. And she had me on, I think two years ago now, to talk about my Halloween playlist that I made for 2020. So I'll share that with you guys so you can check that out too. I actually have not made a new one in the last year and I just keep playing the same one over and over and over. And I also really love the Halloween jukebox that Matt from Dinosaur Dracula puts up on his website every year. Um, That usually starts in August or September is when that's how I learned when to start celebrating Halloween because Matt started being like, yeah, you can totally do it in August. And I was like, yeah, this is years ago. But um, he was like the first internet persona who was like as into Halloween as me and my friends were. And that's how we found his blog back in like 20, 2003, I think. So definitely this is sort of like a long way around, but I love Halloween music. I'm not the best at making playlists once they all went online. I was such a mixtape girl. And for some reason, even though that's way more work, I like can't get my head around not doing it like that. (laughs) Um, So I'm not as into making playlists these days, but I love hearing other people's playlists. And you definitely have to check out um, Matt's website and check out his Halloween jukebox because it is like the definitive list of Halloween songs. Eric, this call really touched me and I love your enthusiasm and I loved hearing about your family's tradition and I hope that I can come to West Virginia and partake in it with you sometime because it sounds like you guys really know how to have fun. All right, up next, an eek mail and the subject line of this one is a Halloween memory. Short and sweet. I love it. Hello, I just found your podcast and I love it. Halloween has always been my favorite holiday. I absolutely love everything about it. I have so many memories attached to this holiday. Dressing up as a dead bride in second grade, trick-or-treating in my cousin's neighborhood, going to Not Scary Farm or Halloween Horror Nights, and watching all the horror movies. But I think my favorite memory is when I got scared by someone and dropped all of my trick-or-treat candy. I know it sounds like a silly thing to have a happy memory about, but I like looking back on it. My brother, cousin, and I were trick-or-treating, and we came to this amazing house. They had a long driveway, and the whole thing was completely decorated. As we were walking down the driveway, my brother and cousin got ahead of me. Suddenly, someone popped out and scared the life out of me. My candy flew everywhere, and I fell to the ground to process what had just happened. At the time, I was so embarrassed and upset. But looking back now, that person was just enjoying the holiday spirit. Remember, the tricks are just important as the treats. (laughs) And that one's from Christine. What a lovely final sentiment there. I think we need to put that on a t-shirt. The tricks are just important as the treats. And how forgiving are you? I really love this attitude that you have. I I know it's not popular, but I do think it's okay to scare children a little bit 
reasonably, not with anything that's like soul shaking, but a little like, boo, ah, I think it's good for the system. I definitely loved scaring kids when I was in high school and they were trick-or-treating at my house. And as a kid, I was scared of being scared, but like, I also craved it, obviously. It's a thrill. It's a little jolt to your system. It reminds you that you're alive. And Christine, I feel very alive after reading this letter from you. It was such a cute memory. And I, I'm left with only one question, which is, what were you dressed as that night? Ooh, two questions. What were you dressed as, one? And two, did you scrape all your candy up and put it back, or did you run away? What happened to the candy? The people are dying to know. And finally, this isn't a question, but it's a comment. I was also a dead bride. I was a dead bride in seventh grade. And Katie Heron totally stole our look, Christine. Were you watching Mean Girls and thinking, oh my God, that was me? Because that's what I was thinking when I watched Mean Girls. The girl owes us royalties. Haha, <laughs> that's not how lawyering works. Anyways, thank you so much for this memory. You gotta write back and tell us what happened to the candy and what you were wearing that year for Halloween. We have to know. We have to. We're on the edge of our seats. Christine with the incredible perspective. Have you ever been so scared that the Halloween candy flew out of your bucket, your pail, your pillowcase? I spilled my bucket one year because I was a drive-in waitress because I've always been like obsessed with the past and history and I roller skated all through my youth competitively. I'll have you know, I had the little outfits, I had the music and I skated, I had a routine. You guys know like what they do for ice skating, right? They do that for roller skating too. We just don't get the attention that we deserve. Anyways, I did that from the time I was like five, six, seven until I was like 14, 15. And I didn't think it was cool in high school and I regret it. I regret it, okay? I should have kept it up. Anyways, I still love skating. At the time that I was working on my like big routine that I went to competitions with, there was another girl a little older than me who was working on a routine to the Beetlejuice score. And that was actually my first like real interaction with Beetlejuice was every weekend. I This girl, we would all trade you know, times where we'd be working on our routine on the floor. And every week I heard the song over and over and over. And she was so cool, of course. And now I, you know, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. And I'm always thinking about that girl. I don't remember her name or anything about her. So, hey, if you're a listener, reach out and let me know. (laughs) That was a tangent. But so I was obsessed with everything roller skates, anything. I wanted to incorporate the roller skates into my costume the year that I was in fourth grade. So I got really into the whole drive-in, you know, culture. And I was like, I want to be a drive-in waitress. And so my mom put together a cute little outfit for me and like a tray of fake food. And I wore my skates around to go trick-or-treating. It was hard. It was really hard. We lived in a neighborhood that is not new. And so all of the sidewalks were like at different angles. And... I was at a particularly weird uh, like piece of pavement that was all lifted up over a tree root and I fell and I spilled my candy everywhere and my memory is that my dad helped me pick it up and that it was fine but I definitely felt like a, a little shame and embarrassment like it feels bad to, to lose your candy it's like 
the one thing you're supposed to do as a kid is like hold on to that trick-or-treat pail. It's tough. If you've got a story like that, I want to hear it. Let's, uh, let's hear how scared or how clumsy you were on Halloween. Give us a call, 802-532-DEAD. Or you don't want to hear your voice. You're uncomfortable because you're only used to your skull voice. I understand. It happens to us all. Write us an eek mail at it's always Halloween podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Instagram. The handle there is at it's always Halloween podcast. And hey, you guys, I said it before and I'll say it again. If you love this podcast, please support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash it's always Halloween or click the Patreon link in our show notes. In the show notes, you'll also find a place to leave us a little one-time tip if you'd rather do that or order some merch on our Redbubble. And don't forget to sign up for the local Lantern Society so that you can connect to other lanterns out there in the big wide world. Nathan and I are trying to get that wrapped up this month so you can have fun with friends, new people this season. This episode of It's Always Halloween was performed by me, Luce Tomlinbrenner, with help from your fellow lanterns, including Christine, Eric, and Julianne. Thanks for your wonderful contributions. The editing, theme music, and sound design is by Pete Burns. Thanks, Pete. And as always, I get tons of behind-the-scenes help from our grim turn, Nathan. Yay, Nathan! You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LTB Comedy and Pete at Mittenberries and Nathan at Wandering Wizards. If you're on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> please subscribe and write us a little review. If it's a nice one, write us a little review so that other like-minded ghouls can find us. We're also on the NPR One app, so subscribe to us there and tell Ira Glass that you love us. Do not tell Ira Glass that this is a political podcast. This is a storytelling podcast just like This American Life. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of It's Always Halloween. And please come back next time. Unless this one got too political for you. <laughs>